My name is Stephen Hayden. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Envision You. So what inspired you to create Envision You? Yeah, Michael. Well, thanks so much for inviting me to join you. Uh, this is really uh, deeply personal work to me. I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community and Envision You, our focus is on improving the mental health and well-being of members of our community. And as you may know, sadly, uh, many people in our community are experiencing a mental health crisis. Rates of depression, anxiety, eating disorders, substance use disorders are much, much higher than uh, the general population of our straight uh, cisgender counterparts. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Not, you know, not surprisingly, when you live in an environment where you're subjected to discrimination and harassment, fear of, of losing your job or housing, or being denied access to healthcare or mental health care services, um, it's, uh, there's definitely a strong correlation then to an increase in mental health concerns. And so for me as a member of the community, as somebody who once struggled with my own mental health, I've been in recovery from a substance use disorder for 18 years, and I'm also a suicide survivor. So I've felt um, these these uh, concerns um, in a really personal way, and I'm glad that I can take um, the experiences I've had to create a nonprofit focused on helping other people navigate a world that's not um, not necessarily built uh, built for us or um, always the most welcoming. With helping others, how has helping others helped your healing process? Yeah, it's been profound, and I'm so grateful that I get to do this work. Um, not only did I start Envision You about five years ago, I've had a chance to um, start a social impact venture called You Flourish, which is a new smartphone app that we'll be launching later this year. So very excited about that. And I went back to grad school to become a mental health therapist. So I actually have a small clinical practice as well. So it gives me the ability to take my lived experience and the work that I'm doing and hopefully support people either in their individual capacity so they can find the tools they need to thrive in a way that perhaps hasn't been possible for them or to create programs and tools to help promote the well-being of our community. Can you tell me a little bit about those programs? Of course. So uh, when we got started at Envision You, one of the things that was really foundational for me is that we invite members of the community representing all the various identities that make up the LGBTQ plus community and to help co-create um, all of our programming. So uh, one of the things we heard early on in our research and through community focus groups is that folks were not able to access affirming mental health care services services that were really uh, empathetic, um, uh, places that were safe and supportive of their identity. And so we uh, worked um, over a course of about 18 months to design a comprehensive evidence-based training program to help support mental health professionals deliver high quality care to members of the LGBTQ plus community. And to date, we've trained more than 1,500 professionals across the US to deliver better care. So really proud of that. Another program that we have is called Q is for Questioning. So many parents, caregivers, teachers, and other trusted adults, when they have a young person that's 
navigating their own sexual identity or gender identity are often at a loss of what do I do, particularly in these complicated political environments. And so Cubist for Questioning is designed to help those trusted adults create affirming spaces uh, for those young people so that they can have the, the tools and the support they need to thrive. Michael, a really shocking statistic from the Trevor Project, it takes just one trusting adult to significantly reduce suicide for a young LGBTQ person. So one trusting adult um, can reduce uh, the, the likelihood of suicide by 40%. So we're really proud of that program and the impact that it's making. We have a public awareness campaign called How to Have the Talk, encourages people to talk about their mental health. We know that when that happens, um, folks, um, are able to uh, muster the courage to start thinking about what recovery looks like for them. When we suffer in silence, as I once did, it leads to a, uh, to a place of desperation where you have lost hope that a better day is had and people make um, you know, really tragic decisions about um, you know, what, whether to uh, end their life or not. And so you know, we want to encourage not only members of the LGBTQ community, but all of your listeners today to be thinking about how do I create a space for my friends, families, colleagues, so that they feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me when they're, uh, when they're struggling. And with the mental health, I uh, I have a bipolar disorder too, and I didn't say anything publicly to only a year and a half late, a uh, year and a half ago. But it's changed my uh, my life in just talking about it. Have you seen people talking about it more in the past few years? It, certainly, uh, one of the encouraging things that came out of COVID was an increased awareness that. You know, we were all experiencing some profound mental health issues. And, you know, safe to say, right, we all have mental health. Some days it's good. Some days it's not so right. good. Some of us have a clinical diagnosis, which, you know, requires some increased interventions, whether it's talk therapy, group therapy, or medication. Um, so it's good to, to understand that, that difference and be willing to seek out the support to help navigate the, those challenges. Um, and it takes a lot of courage, Michael, as I'm sure you know, that when you reach that point where you're like, you know, there's something wrong. Uh, I'm either not connecting with people, I'm not able to show up in the way that I want to, I can't fulfill my responsibilities. Um, and then to have the courage to say, I need help, that's tough. And we know that, the research tells us that. So I hope, you know, one of the things with COVID, more people talking about mental health, there's been an increased willingness to to uh, to not only ask for help, but to also ask our friends and family, how are you doing? And really sit and listen and create spaces so that folks feel like they can, uh, can talk about what's going on in their life. Can you tell me about uh, the You Flourish app? Yeah, it's really exciting. It's, we've been working on it for the last 18 months, uh, and it is a wellness app uh, designed for members of the LGBTQ community. It'll be launched nationally in the first quarter of 2024. And the idea behind the app is to create a digital community where folks can find vetted mental health professionals, um, so folks that have 
uh, the requisite training and background to support the mental health needs of the LGBTQ community. Folks are going to be able to find wellness content that's been designed um, by members of the community, so designed by and for our community, and then to be able to build up a peer support network. So we know that a really integral part of all of our recovery is to be able to tap into the knowledge and wisdom of other people who have been through similar struggles. So you'll have the ability to, to, to create a community of folks that have shared identities and lived experience, access content to promote your well-being, and then when necessary, finding a mental health professional that can help you on your journey uh, for recovery. And with uh, June being Pride Month, and uh, uh, there's a lot of events in June, do you want that extra exposure to, you know, continue the conversation of mental health? Indeed, um, you know, so Pride Month in June, but in some places it extends across the summer. You know, it's a great uh, community celebration, right? It's an opportunity for us to come together to, um, to celebrate our, our progress. Um, to also mourn the loss of so many people in our community. It's also a rallying moment for our community to, to, to understand that there's a lot of work ahead, particularly in a political climate where more than 600 anti-LGBTQ laws have been put forward this year alone. So while it's a community celebration, there's also moments of seriousness for us to reflect on where we are today. You know, I'm grateful to the black and uh, brown trans women in the 1960s who were really uh, pivotal uh, in June of 1969 at Stonewall to, to kick off the riots, which have really, um, uh, you know, created the opportunity for pride celebrations across the world. And it's because of their bravery and courage to, to stand up against the New York Police Department uh, and the oppressive nature of the policing tactics that were used at the time to say, enough is enough. And so, you know, that spirit continues today. Members of our community continue the rallying cry, enough is enough. Discrimination is still alive and well. Denial of important civil rights continue. So there's a lot of work ahead. So there's a moment of celebration and a reminder there's a lot of work ahead. And what starting Envision You uh, five years ago, did you ever think it would become what it is today? I had no idea. This is really just one of those things, Michael. Or I, I had this idea. I thought, you know, I have some privilege. I have this lived experience. I, uh, I, I want other people to avoid some of the challenges that I had. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the community of people who have come together to support us on our journey, whether it's an incredible team, board of directors, strategic partners, the people who fund our work. Uh, I'm so grateful to all of them that allows us to show up and do this really meaningful work every day uh, in support of our uh, LGBTQ plus community. And what are some of the things that motivate you? So certainly, you know, as a person in recovery, waking up every morning and knowing that I I am clear eyed and, you know, I, I don't have a fuzzy mind and I, I have, uh, you know, the ability to focus on the things that are most important. I have an incredible partner. I have two amazing dogs that bring me a lot of joy. So just in my personal life, I'm grateful to have the love and support of a, an incredible partner and friends. 
Uh, and of course, as any of us know, if you have some furry fur babies in your life, that also makes you pretty amazing. Um, so that's just part of my life. Getting outdoors, living in Colorado has been a, a really uh, an important part of, of just my lifestyle and supporting my mental health. So being active, being outdoors uh, is important. And then, yeah, I, I, I think we've touched on, you know, the ability to do work that has meaning and purpose and is bringing impact to our community is an incredible privilege. Well, I agree with you with the dogs. I have two dogs and one cat and they're my uh, co-workers at home. So, right. Yes. Yeah, my, my, my love to lay at my feet. And at times I'm like, well, they're taking a nap, but I actually need to get up right now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great to have them. So where do you want to see the organization next, say, three to five years? Sure. So for you, Flourish, I'm excited that we'll be launching a beta product uh, in Colorado this fall so that we can begin to get user feedback, really test some of our hypotheses, and to ensure that the product itself is leading to a meaningful outcome. We have some great strategic partnerships. Uh, with the Eidos Institute at the University of Pennsylvania and Vixby Mental Health. They're helping both guide uh, product development and also user engagement to make sure that it does bring about that impact. I look forward to expanding our training program. I look forward to a day where there's thousands of mental health professionals across the U.S. who feel that they're uh, strongly equipped to deliver high quality affirming care to members of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I also look forward to a world where more people have participated in our QS for questioning program. When we have those parents, caregivers, teachers, coaches, faith leaders who have the skills to create affirming environments that are both healing and supportive to young LGBTQ folks, we can address the suicide crisis. We can give these young people hope that a better day is ahead. So those are some of the things that I look forward to. And then just continuing to work with the amazing team that we have here, both at Envision You and You Flourish.